If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Outside Shots presented by OGs. The good folks at OGs. Check them out at ogsbrands.com. Uh, we have a lot to talk about today, and we don't have a lot of time to talk about it. So let's get to it. Um, you know, first of all, the big three finally made their debut last night, and uh, I thought it was fantastic outside of the fact that they lost. But I was happy with their debut. Uh, you know, you were courtside, Eddie. I know you you had a, a good vantage point. I will say this while you uh, finish up uh, your tweet. Um, oh, I was really uh, reposting your tweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm being professional. So, so um, <clears throat> I thought, uh, I thought that Green, that yeah. that the three the three of them played very well together when they were on the court. I think they are still trying to figure each other out. Bradley Beal looked like he deferred quite a bit. Um, and I think he could be a lot more aggressive as he gets a little bit more comfortable with, you know, having confidence in his back. And, you know, Kevin Durant kind of got off to a little bit of a rough start, but then he fixed it and everything was kind of smooth. And Devin Booker, I thought, was very passive in the first quarter in terms of taking shots that were available. Uh, and I feel like to a certain degree, it kind of cost them in that first quarter, which ended up costing the game, I think, at, at some point. Not Devin Booker's fault, obviously. He had 34 points plus, but he was and he was phenomenal in, in the second, third, and fourth quarter. I see what he was trying to do in the first quarter in terms of setting everybody up, getting him to position, kind of like what Chris Paul did last year. But I thought he was a little too passive um, in those opportunities. You were there. You saw it courtside. You felt the vibes. Mikhail and Cam in the building. What say you? I like what Devin did. I do. I, I like what he did. I think the foul, the the two fouls he got, right, that messed him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it threw him off. Uh, but I like what he did. Uh, he came out. I think that's what a point guard is supposed to do. And that's what he's trying to prove. He's a point guard, not a scoring point guard. So he knows he can go get his numbers. He showed it last night. Uh, I just thought he wanted to get KD back into a groove. He, you know, missed a couple of games. Uh, Bradley, you know, get him there and then move on. I didn't have any issue with that one at all. Uh, I thought it was a good debut for the three. Obviously, they're going to grow with this. They just got to stay healthy. Uh, the problem for the Suns is they could just they just can't be whole. Like it's just it's 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 one of them seasons that a lot of teams go through. You can't feel sorry for them. Can't say war is me. Teams go through it. Uh, the big three come back, and then two of the key guys that you need on the floor when those three guys are on the floor, they're injured. Yeah. And that's Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen. 
And that's why I pinned this loss on last night. Uh, you know, look, we knew that Brooklyn is a very good three-point shooting team. They shoot a lot of them. But those looks that the other guys got, if Grayson and Eric Gordon are getting them looks, it's a different animal. Yeah. And so that that's how I walk away from it. Uh, you know, those three guys aren't going to win games by themselves. That was proven last night. Uh, Brooklyn's got a lot of scores. So you've got to score points. And I thought Nurkic had a tremendous game as well. So it's going to start to flow. That's the beautiful part about an 82-game season. Like, it's a marathon. It's not what you're doing early. If you're a very good team, yeah, you love to get some rhythm and all of that. But the key for this team has just been getting these guys on the floor. It's just been a lot of bad luck in regards to injury. You know, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't know. You know, there, there is a part of me that's, that's a little hesitant to – you know, I know guys are injured, but I, I – you know, in a perfect world, you you want your team to kind of persevere through it. I think that was a winnable game last night. Obviously, I thought they they could have easily won that game had a couple things went their way, but um, you know, but they didn't. But I I do like where it's going now. Let's talk about Bradley Beal for a second, though. Um, two games. At times, he's 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 been a little aggressive, um, but I think he hasn't been as aggressive as we're used to. Um, do you think that's more of just him trying to figure out how to fit in or is it confidence in his back, a combination of both, or is there something else that, that we're not seeing that you're seeing? It's everything. I mean, this is like training camp to him. Just think about it. He hasn't been able to be on the court consistently uh, because of his injury. And so this is, this is pretty much like a training camp and getting to know his teammates in live game action uh, and developing a rhythm. So I'm not really critiquing Bradley Beal to a high level yet right now. I think sometimes we get caught up in wanting to critique people too soon because of the name on their jersey, but it doesn't matter. I mean, you still have to get reps. You still have to get rhythm. Uh, I don't care how good you are. Uh, Yeah, it's basketball, yeah, but still playing NBA basketball is extremely difficult. And basketball isn't difficult. Heck, you know, you can go out there and make a free throw. But can you make that free throw with 18,000 people sitting in there? Mm-hmm. So you get my point. So, like, it's a rhythm and it's 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 all dealing with all the things that go around it, the pressures of, of having to do it. Uh, it's just so many things that go on that people don't see. All they see is the name on the jersey and they expect once the jersey is on, that guy is supposed to be totally on fire. And that's just not the case. I'll use another example. Like, Bobo the other night. <laughs> you know, he finally gets a chance to play. And people talk about, oh, man, he didn't look good. And, I mean, it was a minus whatever when he was on the floor. That is so unfair. I hope you weren't one of them ones. Were you? I mean, he didn't play well. But I, that's unfair, man. Like, I've been in that situation before where – you're not playing at the end of my career, not any other part of my career, but you're not playing. You sit over there, you get DMPs, and all of a sudden the coach calls your name, and you go out there and people expect, okay, let's see what he's going to do. And it's just unfair. KD beginning of the quarter. He's one of the greatest offensive players ever. He's missing free throws. He's missing jumpers. Like, it takes a bit, man, in this game – to get your confidence. And I was disappointed. A lot of people wanted to criticize Bobo because he didn't, you know, he got his chance to play and nothing happened. 
Dude been sitting over there all year, man. I ain't like, damn, get a guy a chance. Like, you know, let him. And I think that's what Vogel was trying to do, and it didn't work the first time. But it, that's the part that I think people need to be patient with. So it's, it's not going to happen because you want it to happen because it's a name on the back of a jersey. Yeah. Trust me, if I if they if the Sun signed me <laughs> to a two-way contract, uh-huh. it's a serious stuff. If they sign me to a two-way contract, Today. At sixty-four, yeah, at okay. sixty-four right. damn uh-huh. years old. Uh-huh. It is some water boys and couch potatoes out there that think <laughs> as soon as I walk on the floor, if I you miss should. a jumper, they booing. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. Because they think I'm supposed to make a jump. Because of the name on your jersey. Yeah. Okay. All right. And the way my body's gonna look in that uniform. <laughs> well, I'm just look. I'm being honest. I mean, like. <laughs> The only thing that's going to change is my age. The only thing that's changed is my age. Okay. But in regards to when I put them tight shorts on and go out there and they seeing these biceps and these forearms, man, come on. They're going to be like, damn. That dude, man, what is up with him? Well, I will say this, you know. They might say that, and then as soon as you take a shot, they might be like, damn, what's wrong with him? They might. No, I think when they see me run, not when I shoot, my shot is still nice. No, when they see me run, they're like, damn. You know, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, I, I guess I guess there, there's some truth to that. I think there's a little bit of a just a combination of a lot of different things uh, when it comes to Bowl Bowl specifically. You know, how we how he looked at preseason wasn't the greatest either. And I think people are just, you know, I, I know me for once, I, I look at that and then I combat, uh, combine that with his performance the other night. But you are right. Like, it is it is tough to get spot minutes randomly out of nowhere and expect to perform at a high level. So it's, it's, it's hard. We did have a question in the chat by trigger mortis. Uh, he said, uh, Beal still looks stiff to me. What say you guys, do you think he still looks stiff? No, again, it goes back to what I'm saying. Yeah. It takes time. I don't think he looks stiff like to me. damn trigger. I mean, if you, if you make a steak, do you just put the steak on the plate? And just eat it. Well, some people do. Some they're, people they're, do they're, they're nasty. They they are nasty. <laughs> but I mean, come on, man. Like, give the give him time. He's when you come back from injury and an injury that's debilitating, and you you still have some hesitation and some worry. Mm-hmm. I remember when I came back from my quad tendon repair, man, which to me is worse than an ACL because you got to wear a brace for six months. And they bend it five degrees every week. One of the most painful experiences you ever want to deal with. And I remember I was sitting on the bench and Larry Brown turned to me and I had practice, was running. I was, I mean, I, I was ready. Mm-hmm. Body wise, I wasn't ready here. Yeah. And he summoned me to put me in the game at the end, at, at the middle part of the game. And I looked at him and I honestly told him, I said, Larry, I'm not ready yet. Yeah. And he looked at me and he went to somebody else. Like, he wasn't upset about it. And I told him after the game, I said, mentally, I checked out. Like, all the stuff that I was doing in practice, jumping, falling down, is just something that I am not ready to get jump over that broom, man. Mm-hmm. And he said, fine. You know? And, and so, I'm not saying Bradley Beal's at that point, but he, at some level, 
he's got to work his way back mentally to go back to things that he knows he can do. Yeah. I mean, I, I get Bradley's making a lot of money. I get that. But I don't really uh, – at, at this point, I'm not going to judge Bradley Beal and his performance – in comparison to the salary that he's getting because it's it's tough to do that. It's absolutely tough to do that. He's not even at full strength. He's not even in, in full flow. You know, talk to me when he's played 10, 15 games, he's gotten into the flow of the season, and if he's still struggling, uh, he's not even struggling, to be honest with you. He's still shooting very well. He just isn't being as aggressive as he normally is. He's still trying to find his way, and he's still trying to get into his rhythm. So I'm not – listen, if you're freaking out about Bradley Beal, um, I understand – freaking out about his injuries, but I wouldn't, I don't understand freaking out about his play. Not yet. So I think he's playing um, unselfish. I think, you know, if he came back and he started jacking up a lot of shots, then people going to complain about that. They going to say, Oh, he's overly aggressive. Uh, you know, he should let it come to him and, and all of that. Like Bradley Bill, you know what he, he was six of nine. Yeah. What do you want people? Like he was six of freaking nine. He missed three shots. Made both his threes. Like, if anything, I would I would look and say, hey, Devin, you know, go out of your way right now with this guy. He probably should have gotten more shots last night. Yeah. So what is this with Bradley Beal stuff? Please. I mean, you know, no, I thought the big the the big four, I call them the big four. Because anytime you go get 15 and 22, <laughs> like Nurkic did last night, that's huge. Yeah. I, I really had somebody on Twitter tell me or try to come at me. Actually, the whole podcast, uh, You Don't Know Ball, that is that is his name, uh, on as his handle on Twitter, said that uh, we just look at the box scores because Nurkic was not good last night. And I'm like, are you? What? Like, I watched the whole game. Like, I thought Nurk was very good last night. I thought it was one of his better games of the season. I thought he was aggressive. I thought he had a really good performance. I thought he's – listen, <clears throat> I'm not going to compare him to D.A., but what I will say is this. I think Nurkic's game, especially down low in the post and trying to get physical with other guys and back them down and try to take advantage of them, whether successful or not – to me, will ultimately be successful for this team because it proves that he can be a, a legitimate scorer down low, uh, especially when he's surrounded by the big three. I had no problem with Nurkic last night. I don't understand why people would, would say the well, opposite. But he's, look, he's a water boy going around acting like he's a ball player with some kind of moniker with basketball on it. He don't know nothing about no ball. Because if he knew anything about basketball, defensively, Nurkic was unreal. He had two blocks and he had 16 defensive rebounds, you stoop. I mean, you know how many possessions that gave the Suns? Okay. Oh, and by the way, he had six offensive rebounds. Stoopy. <laughs> I mean, really, he was bad last night. <laughs> when he was off the floor, Brooklyn was getting offensive rebound. What are you talking about? And then he scored down low. I mean, it's hard for somebody to be able to score. What, what did he have, 15 points? What did he have, 15 points? Yeah, Playing with three guys that are offensive-minded players. Yeah. What are you talking about? I mean, we can get that from him. We can get three quarters of that from him every night when we're whole. That's going to be unbelievable. Hell yeah. I agree. Totally agree. 
Uh, well, ask and you shall receive. So there you go. Uh, OG's Brands uh, is, is would be good for a lot of people that get a little bit irate after these games, especially when the Suns lose. Go to OGsBrands.com. Find your closest dispensary so you can get some of these delicious edibles in your system, especially the, the Indicas, the Sativas, the Happy Balance, the RSOs, the full spectrum of gummies. They got new flavors all the time. Uh, they're one of the best edibles out there uh you can ask anybody that's taken edibles if they've taken an ogs versus other edibles they will tell you that it is elite stuff uh so check them out ogsbrands.com follow them on twitter and on instagram at ogsbrands and also remember to enjoy you must be at least the age of 21 so um listen the other night and this is the back-to-back the other night some shit went haywire and uh again again it feels like every other week we talk about Draymond Green. This time, obviously, with the with the swing to to Nurkic's head, and now he has been suspended indefinitely. Uh, and it was a mutual decision between the PA, the the NBA, and also Draymond Green, uh, supposedly. And Draymond Green said that he is uh, he is willing to do what he needs to do to get the help that he needs to get in order to fix whatever is going on with him. Personally, uh, I think this is long overdue. I think this is something that should have happened when he punched Jordan Poole, for starters. Um, and then when he choked out Rudy Gobert, for starters again. And then last night, or two nights ago, when he did um, what he did to Yusuf Nurkic. I don't... I understand that Draymond Green is a, is a, is a great basketball player. You know, he's one of the best defensive players in, in, in NBA history. Uh, he's very cerebral in his approach to the game. He's he he does everything you need to do outside of scoring at a high clip, like that. That's without a doubt. However, the antics and you could see it with the bench when he swung and hit Yusuf, and things went crazy. You could even see the Warriors bench like, ah, oh, here we go again. You know they're done with it. They are tired of it. They are over the shtick of Draymond Green. Uh, you know, Eddie, as a player, let's, let's put you in the position of a Warriors player right now. If you were on that bench or on the court with your teammate, and your teammate is Draymond Green, and he is continuously putting you guys at a deficit because of how good he is and what you're losing when he comes off the court, how how would you interpret this situation and handle it as his teammate? Well, I mean, I think, you know, first and foremost, the great Rich Kelly used to be a teammate of mine, Stanford University, played in the league a number of years. He taught me the art of leadership uh, because I didn't have any. I was just this hungry dude that was going to get mine, playing hard, all of that. Uh, Didn't really have – I had relationships with my teammates, but I didn't know how to deal with their situation with me. Mm Mm-hmm. Their situation with me was, as a rookie, obviously I blended in. I had veterans in my second year. I, the ball pretty much went to me. Like, I took a ton of shots. Uh, you know, I felt like I'm making them. I'm shooting 49%. Don't complain to me. You know, I took that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. And Rich Kelly came up to me one time because I asked him a question. I said, why are you always staring at people? And he said, stare at people to figure them out. I said, that's why you never really bite back at me if I say something to you, because I know how to approach you. And that really hit home with me. Uh, And I've carried that forever uh, in everybody that I deal with. And to me, 
that helped my leadership. So for me, with Draymond, I would just try to get to know him past basketball. Uh, unfortunately, for the Warriors, I think LeBron has done that, and he's not his damn teammate. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, he and LeBron got into it in 2016, and right now they're damn good friends. Mm-hmm. They have the same agent. He brought him over. Yeah. And so it's that kind of person. I'm not taking a swipe at Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. Like, people lead their own way. Like, I believe Steph and Clay. well, let's stay with Steph right now because Clay's on one right now. Uh, Steph leads by example. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he carries himself. Uh, he's mild-mannered. He's not a combustible guy off the court. So that's just his personality, and you got to deal with that. And so you take the lead, man. You just get to know the guy, man, and try to figure out what is going on with him behind the scenes, off the court. Uh, what's going on in his personal life, if he's willing to share it. I mean, but you just have to get to know him and then build your relationship with him from there. Uh, you just can't just do a straight basketball. You can't just observe him and say, oh, he's this, he's that. I've known for the last number of years that something internally is in him where he doesn't like people feeling like they got the best of him. And I played with a lot of guys like that. Yeah. You know, you played with guys like that. Like, you know, they don't, they feel like maybe you got the best of them and they react. You know, some react by being quiet. Some react by just maybe separating themselves from you. And others react being combustible towards you. And Draymond is the combustible one. Yeah. Like, he did not like. And see, people, like the guy said, we need to watch the game, right? And that's these couch potatoes. They don't know nothing about the game. They want you to watch it. But they don't know the nuances of the game. When I call a game, I call it so differently than most analysts because I'm not a stat guy, even though I know the stats. They're right there in front of me. Yeah. I give. I let the play-by-play guy, Kevin Ray, have the stats. Those are yours, dude. That's your job. My job is really to break down what you're seeing at home on TV. And before he even swung at Nurk, if you watch it, Nurk, Nurk basically was beating him up prior to that, legally, mm-hmm. getting rebounds in the paint. But then on that particular play, Draymond doesn't like people to feel like they have strength over him. <laughs> Nurk was literally, he literally moved him from the lane all the way out to the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Literally moved him. Draymond's not used to that. And he got ticked. Yeah. Mono, mono. You know, oh, no, 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 you're not going to do that. And he turns around claiming he's flailing. But he missed with the left flail. And then he smacked him with the right. Eyes on him. It's almost like hitting a golf ball. Mm-hmm. He was like looking. Pow. And then when he fell, he stood over him. Mm-hmm. Normally, if I do something like that to you, I ask them, oh, damn, my bad. Yeah. Hey, yeah. man. Hey, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. He stood over him. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. He yeah. meant to do it. He meant to hit him. Uh, he meant to hit him in the face. And because he lost himself, man. Like, and he blacked out. And that's why he does need help. He, he needs some help. People say, oh, they get a verse to you, you need help. I've seen a psychologist before. I employ everybody to go see a psychologist. Because yeah, there's something wrong with all y'all. <laughs> if you walking around thinking you perfect, you are lying. There's something wrong with you. If it ain't nothing wrong with you, quote from my brother Darren, who's not here anymore. Miss him dearly. Famous quote. If it ain't nothing wrong with you, it's something wrong with you. Message. 
Yeah. Okay. Perfect is a lie. That's the biggest word. That's the biggest lying word in the dictionary. Nobody's perfect. And Draymond's not perfect. And I hope he gets the help he needs. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how to interpret this. Uh, you said a lot of things there. I do think that him and Steph have a really close relationship. Uh, I think if there's anybody on that team that can get at Draymond, it, it would be Steph. Because, uh, listen, I, I think they're really tight. I also think that there's a reason why Steph has never really come out and spoke about Draymond negatively or, or any of that. Because I, he, he's relatively quiet when it comes to Draymond Green's antics. And maybe that's for a reason. Maybe that's design. Maybe that's just his DNA. I mean, I know he's a, he's a calm and smooth individual. I get that. Can but, I ask you a question? Sure, I'm just gonna, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. All that stuff you're saying, yeah. it's true. What if that was LeBron? Oh, people would be roasting him. Thank you. Yeah, they'd be roasting him. Yeah, a million percent. They'd be roasting him. Uh, I'm not saying that what Steph is doing is right. Um, But I do, because of Steph's demeanor, it it just, it fits his, his, his shtick. But listen, there was plenty of people, even yesterday on some of these talk shows, that talked about the fact that Steph has not spoken out about Draymond Green. And at some point, that rubber is going to meet the road. And it might be today when he has to face the media. Who knows? But um, you you can defend your teammate and be a good friend while also acknowledging that there's things going on that need to be fixed with a certain individual. I do it all the time with this guy every day. Like, it's okay. It's all good. Really? Right? Really? Right? No? Okay. All right. Well, but what the Prince of Troy? Uh, I, first of all, uh, Prince of Troy. <laughs> really? Okay. That, that's a that's a joke. Uh, Draymond is fine. He says uh, nobody says anything about Grayson Allen. Cheap play now. Grayson Allen, I think, has remedied his situations that he had in college. Okay. Uh, Sometimes you have to play physical. I think he is a physical player. But please, you do not put him in the same line as Draymond. Nobody in the history of the NBA is in the same line as Draymond. He has been ejected more than any player other than Rasheed Wallace. And Rasheed Wallace was uh, ejected for really arguing with officials. If you remember the the melee in, in Detroit, when Ron Artest, now Metal World Peace, now I think he's going back to Ron Artest. Uh, that's really baffling me. But when he went into the stands, I want you all to go to YouTube after the show, not now. And I want you to look up that fight again. And I want you to watch Rasheed Wallace. Now, remember, this game was in Detroit. Mm-hmm. I want you to watch him. When when Metal World Peace, Ron Artest went well, Ron Artest Metal World Peace went into the stands and tried to find a guy that threw the cup at him. And then Steven Jackson went up behind him. And then another player went up, and I think I don't know who it was, but he got cold cocked by somebody. And that's when Steven Jackson went up there and he starts swinging. And then Metal World Peace had grabbed the guy that he thought threw the cup, and come to find out it wasn't the guy. And just to segue over to that real quick, the guy that did throw the cup, he finally grabbed him. He and Metal World Peace are very good friends today. Are they really? Yes. <laughs> very good friends that. today. I think the guy apologized to him and they've become friends. 
But I want you to watch Rasheed Wallace. You would think that Rasheed Wallace went up there to protect his fans. Uh-uh. He went up there to help the very guys that, he, that the fight was started with, the Indiana Pacers. He went up there to help them. <laughs> it's a brotherhood. Exactly. Exactly. Rasheed Wallace was that type of dude. He had a problem with officials. So his being ejected is not looked at as negatively as this Draymond stuff. Because Draymond is out there literally trying to hurt the very guys that he gets on old media about, talking about we don't like the new guys and we talk about them. And yet, since he has been in broadcasting, he has ripped players in the league. He has punched players in the league. He has kicked players in the league. He has stepped on their chest of players in the league. But yet, us old media, what they refer to us and call themselves new media, they have the players' best interests. Mm. Okay. All right. Uh, that was that was very well said, EJ. If you could drop that mic, you should. Yeah, I mean, just drop it my mic. just walk just out right don't now. Don't drop like, my mic. That was perfectly said. I mean, for real. Like, I, I, there is nothing else to say outside of that. Like, very well said. That was Thank probably you. your best two minutes ever, I think. My best two minutes? Yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, really, we're going to go that We're not deep. going there. I mean, see, we're not you going to try there. to get personal we're now? Not- we're not going. There. I mean, really? <laughs> oh, you go throw the two minute line on me. Okay. All uh, right. I got you. All right. Listen. Uh, you, you, Here's a guy that's getting embarrassed, and he curses like a sailor on this on this podcast. Have you all heard me curse? Seriously, I might say "damn." I might, I think I got mad one time and said "ass." I think you said "ass." Yeah. This dude runs off curse words like no other, but you he right? gets embarrassed when it's a sexual overtone. I don't understand that. Did I get embarrassed? Yeah, you got embarrassed. I said too no. many. Oh, we need to stop. We, uh, hey, really? <laughs> Is that your impersonation of me? Yeah. <laughs> he like became a, real I'm small. A, like, I'm, a, uh, we need I'm a, a gremlin now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I need a beer, man. I just. You <laughs> need a beer or a cigarette. Need, I need a <laughs> I need Four Peaks right now. The pumpkin porter is out there. Uh, check out Four Peaks. They're, they're some of the best beer craft brew out there in the state. They're the number one craft brew in the state. It's just not even beat around the bush. Um, so check them out at Four Peaks Brew and at Four Peaks Pub on on social, at on Twitter, and also on Instagram. Check them out there, H Street Pub. It's a fantastic place. They change the menu up um, every, every other month, especially when it's seasonal. Um, so it, they just... Fantastic food, fantastic beer. You you won't you can't go wrong out there. Uh, visit fourpeaks.com slash locator to find all your favorite brewery tours and events. Check out Four Peaks Brew uh, on social, as I mentioned. And remember, you must be 21 or older to enjoy. Uh, and enjoy responsibly. How about that? Uh, all right. Uh, you, you wanted to talk about um, the, the commissioner. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was on your, your, your show on NBA radio, Sirius Satellite channel 86 there you go um and he talked about right now in this immediate future there is no there's no plans on expansion um i don't know what did you want to talk about well you know because lebron comes up right and people were wondering okay you know why is lebron pushing forward for the end season tournament championship and people want to criticize it and blah, 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 blah. Like, come on, you grew up playing sports, right? You get between the lines, you compete. 
right? We all know that LeBron wants to get another couple of titles. Why? Then he can equal who? MJ. And then that's then it's definitely over. I think it's over anyway, but uh, you know, but it's definitely over. There's no argument, right? But they'll probably come out and say it took them more years to go do it or whatever they're gonna say. But still, it never is gonna end. But that's his goal is to try to win a championship. Mm-hmm. But how's he gonna win it? He's gonna win it with what? Those role players. How do you get those how do you get control of those role players? Give them more money. Get them more freaking money. That's why he did it. Cause now they owe him because he could have taken days off in that in season tournament. He didn't have to play that hard. He played like he was playing in the final. Yeah, he did. And so he knew. And that's where it comes to motivation. That's why he's one of the smartest players in the history of this game. Because from a motivational standpoint, he knows how to get it done. People point to the guys that maybe struggled under him, but that doesn't mean he didn't try to lead them. They just failed in their ability to be able to step up in the pressure of the moment. You see what Jordan Clarkson is doing in Utah? Jordan Clarkson couldn't make a bucket in Cleveland. Like, he couldn't handle that. Some guys just can't handle playing with an all-time great player, and there's no indictment to them. That's just what how it happens. And so he went and got them guys paid, man. He got them all half a million dollars. Now when he goes up to them, hey, man, hey, get in the gym. Like, this and that. What are they going to say? When they look at that bank account, he's going to say, look at that bank account. Because mm-hmm. I didn't need it. Yeah. I think that was great motivation, but also the other motivation is it was in Vegas. It was in Vegas. And go. and he wants that Vegas franchise. And he obviously has an opportunity to get it. There's gonna be a lot of people trying to get it. It's come on, that's Vegas. There's so much money in Vegas, you're gonna have mm-hmm. so many different kinds of owners. I think it'd be smart for any of them big money guys to try to attach themselves to LeBron. Because I truly, even though Adam Silver said that he's open for everybody and LeBron is not the leading guy and all of that, there's nobody the leading guy. Yeah, we, uh, let me tell you something. That know. franchise in Vegas, if it has LeBron James initially in that franchise with the Laker following uh, that's in Vegas, come on, man, please. I mean, he he you know he would be the perfect guy uh, for that situation, and and alongside a lot of other billionaires because he he got a lot of money, but he ain't got enough money to be buying those, these teams now. No, no, that's that's three four billion, and that Vegas franchise, who knows what that's going to be? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I truly believe that he is in he's the front runner for it, and uh, I think it's 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 going to be his if he does all the right things and get the right people next to him. I mean, he's a savvy businessman. I mean, you know, and he's put people around him to be at that level. I think there's going to be quite a few people that are going to want to team up with him in mm-hmm. order to get a franchise, in order to make up a lot of that money. Um, shit, most of the time, LeBron might not even put more than $100 million into this when it all is said and done because his name carries a lot of that weight and, and brings a lot of notoriety to whatever franchise he, he decides to, to want to be a part of. So I totally get that. I, I, I listen, if I had to guess, I still think that the NBA is going to expand to probably like two more cities within the next four yeah, years. It's Vegas and Seattle. Yeah, well, it has to be Seattle. Yeah, it was definitely Seattle. Uh, it was so funny that, you know, Oklahoma City, they had a vote the other day for a new arena. And, you know, if the, if the people voted it down, it was a chance that, they you know, they would. 
That would have been funny. Well, those people voted that sucker yes. I think 70%. (laughs) They didn't make the mistake that people in Seattle made. Yeah. Uh, So Seattle, in a way, they got to look at themselves in the mirror and know that. I am telling you, though, man, I played it three years. That fan base up there is, is sick. Like, I am telling you, like, I played in many playoff rounds, but playing in that building, Doing playoffs was just ridiculous, man. Mm-hmm. They they are a tremendous fan base, man. They don't bother you around the town. You can kind of melt into the you know to the society up there. I, they need a basketball NBA team up there, man. And it's a great place to visit as well. One of the most beautiful cities in the country, man. It really is. Uh, so I, I hope they're definitely going to get it along with Vegas. And then somebody from the West has got to move. East. And yeah. I'm saying it's Minnesota. Some people say it's New Orleans. I say Minnesota. Yeah, Sir, uh, Cyrus Security says it's a no-brainer and they just move Minnesota and New Orleans or Memphis. To just, the all they got to do is move one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It would just be one. Yeah. I mean, that, it makes sense. Minnesota would be the ideal move because the team them up with Detroit right there and Chicago and, and, and Indiana mm-hmm. all within that that center. Yeah that center belt so the midwest um yeah listen i want i want that team i want a team in seattle again i i thought those those years were fantastic i thought that and that fan base has always been a rabid fan base Mm -hmm. i think some of the most slept on uh fan bases in the league are seattle and sacramento to be honest with you sacramento's got a phenomenal unbelievable you know and they haven't won shit san antonio does too yeah, they just play in a prison. San Antonio is trash. They play in a prison. I hate San Antonio. So no, no. Much. Have you been to that? Uh, yes, I, I lived there for seven years. That is the most. Listen, damn, you for, live. For, damn, you live everywhere, didn't you? I mean, you I was, was a, like a gypsy. I, I was. A, I was. I a, mean, you lived in San Antonio. I, I, I was a drill sergeant. You live here. I was serving my country, EJ. Um, you lived in the University of Arizona. Yeah, Tucson. It's 30, still the same state. 36 year old student. <laughs> it's still the same state. I, mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the military there, EJ, but when you're in the military, you live in more than just one if place. If I had gone to the military, I'm staying in one place. I would have been right in the city I wanted to be in. And, and they give you a choice, Saul. So. Hey, no, they do yeah. not. They Let me tell you something. And I would have stayed in one place. <laughs> and if they would, if that colonel or whoever he is said something to me, out of Draymond Green. Oh. <laughs> and dishonorable then, discharge. And then that's the end of EJ. <laughs> that's not exactly how that works. Um, hey. Oh no! Hey, at least you got the hum- the, hand- the hand right. Uh-huh. I've been working on it. See, there you go. All right, uh, baby steps, baby steps. All right, uh, listen. I, I'm glad you you said that. I'm glad you did the salute. That's fantastic. I'm not going to throw any shade your way, uh, but you can also go to Shady Rays. Uh, to get yourself a pair of shades, uh, some of the best shades. 250,000 people have given it five-star reviews because they love these shades so much. You can go up to Kierlin Commons and get your hands on some right now. You can try them on. All the different styles for men, women, everybody. Uh, and you can save some money, too. You can buy two pairs for 50% off if you do so. You can also order it li- online at ShadyRays.com. So get yourself a pair today. Uh, right. Last one. All right. We're going to talk about this because... Uh, Hey, basketball is, is, is one of the best sports in the world and competition. It just, it's, it's unique in so many different ways, especially on the sporting field. When you're talking about everywhere outside of sports, 
and competition. Nobody ever talks about, oh, well, you know, you don't, you shouldn't be making too much money in your business, or you shouldn't be, you know, getting too big of a house with your money or anything like that, right? We don't, we, I mean, some people talk about the billionaires and stuff like that, but I'm talking about just like your normal thing, right? When we get into basketball or any sport and we start talking about running up the score, not in everything outside of high school basketball, I will say that. So college and pro, I'll, I will, I, we'll go there. I'm not a big believer in not running up the score. If you don't like it, stop it. But there was this tweet uh, from, uh, man, I cannot see that at all. <laughs> go Tom, ahead, Jacob. Tom Haberstroh. Okay. You uh, want me to read it for you? Go ahead. Uh, Tom Haberstroh. Uh, some NBA players and coaches are complaining about teams running up the score in the in-season tournament. It shouldn't be weird that every play slash game matters. It's great. I love the IST. So he loves it too. Yeah. I Listen, uh, and those players that don't like the score being run up, EJ? Go kick rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's not, not, not just players, GMs, coaches, any of you. Go kick rocks. Like, because privately, they all want to drill the other opponent. Privately. But publicly, they don't want to say, oh, it might give them bulletin board material. So, still got to go play the game. Mm -hmm. The way I grew up playing, you look, okay, you play on the hard courts growing up, mm -hmm. right? Like, you, if you lost a game in Chicago where I grew up, Ugh. you would never get back on the court. Yeah. Like, you, you won't get back. There's like 60 guys out there. Like, it mattered. Like, and dominance mattered. Like, everybody was kind of equal trying to play this game. And between those lines, man, I just say it. You trying to destroy that person. Mm -hmm. That was my mentality, man. And, like, I couldn't do it to the highest level as an MJ or Wilt Chamberlain or Kobe or Kareem or LeBron or, you know, on down the line. Mm -hmm. All the Devin Booker. I, no, I, I couldn't do it to the level of some of these great players. But in my own little area, I will try to dominate you. Yep. Not just point-wise, but psychologically, too. I want you to go home and I want you to cry. <laughs> I want you to have a bad week. That's how I was brought up playing the game, man. And I'm like that, anybody that knows me, I'm like that in everything I do. I don't care in talking, right? Yeah. They see you and I here. Oh, I know. If it's marbles, if it's cards, I don't care. Talk to my wife. I'm telling you, we play cards, I try to just destroy her like I'm don't play don't be competitive with me if you don't want that I grew up that way and so when I hear these guys start talking about eh, you know eh, I just don't like the the running up score and all that like what yeah that's that mentality man that these parents have back in you know the junior sons they they there and they watching their kid play and, and he traveling, running with the damn ball. I'm like, yep. 
When I used to coach, I'm like, he's traveling. <clears throat> I'd be officiating sometimes. I call travel. They like, oh, let him play. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Teach him how to dribble. Like, no. No, that's not fair. I remember my son. Oh, man. Here we go. Uh, oh, yeah. My son, Justin. This is funny. He was about, I don't know, he was 12, 13 years old. And we playing an AAU game in Texas. And I come out, and they got a kid in the layup line. And he just, I mean, 14 years old. Built like a tank already. Okay, when I say who he is, you're going to laugh. So they play the they start the game. I put my son on them on purpose. And he's just killing them. Your son is? Or, no, no, or the, the other guy, guy. The other guy is killing Running through his chest. He, this dude, I kid you not, first half, he had 12 dunks. Jeez. We down like 20. So I bring the kids or I look at my son, I'm like, I mean, are you going to do something? <laughs> and he looked at me. Dad, he's not, he is not 14. There's no way he's 14 years old. And I had to think about that. I was like, yeah, that might be the case. So I go over to his dad. I was like, come on, man. Is he 14? His dad said, yeah, yeah, he is. 14. It was Blake Griffin. <laughs> okay. I yeah. mean... And he was destroying people. And I went back to the other. I said, that's why he's going to be tremendous because he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to dunk every freaking time. He don't care nothing about your feelings. He's trying to get somewhere. And so when you get there, you're not supposed to lose it now. You know, you're supposed to destroy them. Destroy them, man. Like, stop, people. It's basketball. You know, forget that. Play the game out, and the league wants to have that six games out of a year. Unwritten rule says run the clock out. I have no problem with it if everybody's on board. Remember last year when New Orleans, when when Zion went in and dunked the ball? Mm -hmm. Like, the only reason I had a problem with it is because it's an unwritten rule. Like, hey, dude, why are you doing that? Like, Mm -hmm. you know it's going to bring combustion, so – don't do it if it's an unwritten rule. I didn't. I've never liked it. I, to me, go ahead and dunk it, dude. Yeah, like I think. don't care. Go ahead and dunk it. But if it's an unwritten rule, then follow the player's unwritten rule, which I don't like. I don't. It's an unwritten rule. You got these unwritten rules in baseball and all this. And don't steal a base if you're up by eight. Well, why not? Mm-hmm. It's in my contract. If I get another stolen base, I get more money. So you go kick rocks. Throw me out. I mean, come on. These, these guys soft, man. I agree. Come on, man. Let's I, stop. Listen, you triggered something right there because uh, when I was in Colorado, I was refereeing high school basketball and, you know, underage, you know, you know, eight to 14 year old tournaments all the time. And first of all, the parents, oh my God, 
The parents are the worst. Yes. The parents are the absolute worst. The amount of times I had some casual ass parent on the sideline watching little Johnny uh, try to defend some other guy. And the amount of times I heard three seconds, three seconds, three seconds. I'm like, he's not even in the key. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Like, understand the rules or traveling. It's like, those are the 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 famous phrases from every parent because they don't know shit else. Like, mm-hmm. and it, it was just so triggering. But it's because they're trying to get their kid in a position to succeed Shortcut. themselves. Themselves. And they they want way. the control because they've had control over everything else in that kid's life up until that point on the court. On the court, they have no control. It's how the kids play, it's how the referees dictate the game with their whistle, and it's how the coaches coach. That's all it is. Everybody else can go kick rocks like you said. And it's just so, and and it's bled itself Mm -hmm. to a certain degree upward. Yeah. Uh, at the high school, the college, and the and the and the pro game. And yeah, like, high school. I give you high school in s- certain respects because sometimes you play in these tournaments and you've got some little. Listen, I w- I was in a tournament one time where we ended up playing Window Rock, and Window Rock was a two A school up in 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 Northern Cal- Arizona. Uh, we were a five A school. We had a bunch of studs on our team. Like, yeah, when we went up by forty. Uh, we got to let off the brakes a little bit because these kids can't compete. They shouldn't even be in the same tournament as us. It just was what it is. And they were a good program at the time. Like, I'm not even trying to throw any shade at Window Rock. I love Window Rock. I love everybody out there uh, on the res. Like, they're they fantastic people. But we destroyed them. Like, we destroyed the shit out of them. Like, so in those instances, I get it because there's too much variation there. But when you get into college and you get into the pros – that, that variation is very, very much smaller. I don't care if you're coming from a double A, triple A, or NAIA school, division one, it doesn't matter. Like, you got guys that can play, and they can play at a high level, and you got to compete. And I don't care if you get run out of the gym by 50 or 60. You learn your lesson, you better get better, and you better yeah. come back. Like, you took the chance to play at that level, you better get better. That's yeah. just how it is. I've gotten my ass kicked plenty of times. Right. You know what? My 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 go to wasn't. Oh, they shouldn't have run up the score and, and hurt my feelings. It was like, God damn, we suck. We got to get better. We gotta go. We gotta go practice. I'm going to the gym every single day. You got to work on your game. Like, it's on you. It's on you. That's all it is. It's hey. not anybody else's problem but yours. So suck it up. Totally agree with you. And I just wanted to say. I would change the level. I think high school is the beginning of competitive spirit. I think middle school, you can get away with it. But when you get to high school, man, that's the beginning of it. And I think a lot of players get lost in translation because of it. And a lot of it is because they got bad teammates. Mm -hmm. They got guys on the team. The only reason they're on the damn team is because their mom and dad probably got a lot of pull within the high school with the coaches, especially with these private schools where they can probably – give these coaches something like they, they say their parents might have a car dealership and they'll get a coach a car or whatever they do to try to bribe the coach into putting their son on the team so they can go there and feel like, you know, as part of his resume to be able to get into a college. I understand the, the drive and the desire to do that with your kid, but I'm saying there's a lot of kids that play high school sports should not be playing basketball. They should not be on the team. They're only on the team for a few reasons. One, to improve their resume to get into college, and two, to get, get attention from girls. That's it. They don't care nothing about basketball. And they're in the locker room, and they're just not focused. They're not into it. And I despise them. And my high school team, all of us went to a Division One school. We ain't put up with that. Like, no, no, dude. If you, you ain't playing, man. No, we don't want you here. So I would just change the level. 
And I think parents should understand that. You know, if you're going to put your kid into something, put them into something that they love and not force them into it. And I think a lot of parents do that. And then they get hurt feelings because their kid gets embarrassed. That's not the way it is because you pushed them into that. It's a lot of kids that might want to be in the band. They might want to do something else, but you as a parent are pushing them into a sport yeah. that they don't want to be in it. And then you're trying to gain favor behind their back to be able to have the coach put them on the team because of something you've given them. I just think that's what's messed up in our society in regards to sports and I just wish they would just clean it up because to me that just bothers me. I don't yeah. want anybody playing a sport I love and they don't love the sport. Amen. It just it, it just <clears throat> to me it messes up the sport and I think people would think that way in every walk of life and whatever career that they're in. They don't want people around that doesn't have the desire and the drive to do and to be involved in their job and to go for success in their company like they do. So why is sports different? Like, no. You know, you want to make the most money, don't you, Mr. CEO? You're a greedy self. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Okay? Well, you guess what? I want to make your son cry on the basketball court. I do. Go get better. Just like I make him cry on the golf court. Like, he's a good golfer. Don't get me wrong. I'll give him his prop. But really, if he plays golf with me, I literally want him to throw his club. He does. I feel like I won. Throw your clubs, curse yourself out, drop your head. You know, I'm watching you all the time because I want to destroy you. Yeah. Hey, listen, I I, I, I'm going to vouch for this because that was one of the first things that I noticed about you. The first day, (laughs) the first time we got into the tee box, my guy was on the Dan Patrick show. He's talking on the phone and we're, we're teeing off. He's still on the phone doing an interview, right? He's like, oh, you guys go ahead, go ahead. So I sat there and I thought, okay, EJ's one of those casuals that just, you know, he's out there just to be out there. You know, he, he might be able to swing a club, but he doesn't really take it seriously. We get to hold number four. And he had already broken down like the game that we're supposed to be playing all the way through. All the way through. It was called combat golf. We get to the fourth hole <clears throat> and I hit a shot and I was on the green, but I was pretty far away from the hole. And he said snake. And for those of you who don't know, when somebody says snake, you got to make your putt within two shots. Otherwise, you owe money. And you can double down and double up the money. So if you make it in two putts, you get you get more. Um, or they can double down again and just the, the pot keeps getting higher and higher. And uh, and I, I the first putt I, I hit, I got to within about four feet. And then this guy just starts talking shit. Like, he was like, oh, he ain't going to make that shit. There's no way, blah, 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 blah. Like, the whole time. Like, before just you put. Before I put. We never, I, I never said anything the, while yeah, you As put. soon as I lined up, he stopped. Um, I think maybe you you said one little thing more. He was like, mm, it's going to go left. And that's <laughs> it, right? And then I missed the putt. And I was hot. I was so hot. <laughs> I was so hot. And he knew. And he knew he got me at that point. And I was just like, damn it. But I didn't expect it, right? I, did, I came in not expecting that because I didn't know. I was like, hey, I'm. I'm playing golf with Eddie Johnson. This is going to be fun. And then I got my ass worked and I just did not like it at all. Uh, And so I know now every time I go to play with EJ, I better come with it and I better be ready to go. And it's not personal. But again, and now I'm doing a podcast with him. So it wasn't like I didn't like him. Exactly. But (laughs) but what did I do? Right. I didn't sit there and get mad at EJ. I just said, okay, I need to fix my mentality. So that way, the next time I play against him, I'm ready to go. And that's all you got to do. So, no, it's like I love competition, too. Yeah, like, man. You and I both on, are very man. competitive people. Love it, man. It's fun. 
It's fun. I love it. What we, he uh, doesn't know is that he takes the golf out on you, and then I catch strays from you about my true. golf level. This it just true. trickles down. This is true. That's it. it. I mean, shit does roll downhill. I mean, that's how it is. But uh, we do have a super chat by Psycho Blue. Uh, Psycho Blue says, "Give me last night's vibes any day over the vibes this time last season. We're above 500, and we have the big three at last. Patience brings great rewards. Exactly. I agree." 100%. Exactly. 100%. You guys all brought great vibes today throughout the show. John Redcorn out here is saying, I think he's backing up his window rock peeps. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, he said, go scouts. Yeah, we small. Yeah, I mean, it's all good. Listen, uh, I, I love – the thing I love about Arizona and growing up in Arizona is I've I've played basketball all over this state. Mm-hmm. I've played at Window Rock. i played at uh, a Snowflake, mm-hmm. uh, which – you know, a little three A school. I I lived in Cortez Junction, Arizona, and went to Mayor uh, Middle School, and uh, and that's a little one A school. And listen, ball is ball, and that's the one thing that brings us all together. That's why we love doing this that's stuff. Right. So we appreciate you all joining us on the show today. Uh, make sure you give us a follow at PHNX Suns, PHNX underscore Suns. Follow my guy over here at Jumpshot Eight. Follow me on Twitter at Saul underscore Bookman. Until next time, you can get the hoodie. I'm I sure got on the, the best hoodie. On, I mean, you do. It's pretty. It's pretty slick. You got a lot of compliments. Uh, but you can also go to the PHNX locker and get this one because it's pretty fly. I haven't gotten one of those yet. Next time, peace. <laughs>